Good afternoon, Connect. How you guys doing? So glad to be with you guys today. I love this church. I love your pastors. Uh, first time I met Pastor Derek, I told him my name is Zenzo and I'm from Africa and I've killed lions with my bare hands. So now he gets me every time. <laughs> Not true. If a lion showed up in this room, I'd be the first one out of here. <laughs> but I love Pastor Derek and Pastor Stacy. Thank you for being incredible friends to Michelle and I. Amen. Uh, we're new pastors, and it, it means so much to have friends you can call at any time and just share with them and ask them for advice. Amen. I also want to take a moment and thank you as a church for your faithful giving. This church gave towards the launch of our church four years ago when we started. And uh, we are also part of this pastor's program that Pastor Derek and Pastor Stacy run, where we get mentorship and uh, they bring us to these amazing hotels and, and uh, amazing food. And then they teach us the word of God. Who does that, right? <laughs> Well, Pastor Derek and Pastor Stacy do that, and Connect Church does that, and so incredible. We bring a testimony today, that church that started four years ago, and you sold into that church. We have seen over 2,000 people give their lives to Jesus, and we're now seeing over 1,000 people in weekend services. Come on, if you're going to clap, let's do it well. Let's do it for Jesus. Amen. But we couldn't have done this without you. So I want to say thank you to you. Amen. Awesome. Well, we're going to teach on prayer. We're going to teach on prayer. And I love that title, by the way. We're going to teach on the authority, the authority of prayer. And like Pastor Stacy shared, truly this is the secret of life. This is the secret of life. And I'm going to use another title, uh, the Tabernacle Prayer Model. The tabernacle prayer model. Would you say that with me? The tabernacle prayer model. One more time. The tabernacle prayer model. Now, I promise you this is not going to be some boring, old school Bible study. We're going to make the tabernacle practical today. There were seven things in the tabernacle of Moses. And those seven things will become the foundation or the, the seven stages of prayer. God taught Moses to build a tabernacle. What's a tabernacle? A tabernacle was like a mobile house that they had in the wilderness. And once every year, the priest would go into this tabernacle and the Lord would meet them in there once every year. What a privilege we have in this generation that we can praise God and go into his presence any moment, any time. Somebody say amen. But there were seven things in the tabernacle that we're going to use as stages of prayer. Somebody shout the number seven. seven. One more time, real big. Somebody shout seven. seven. Would you turn to your neighbor and just tell them you look wonderful? Turn to your other neighbor and just tell them you look fantabulous. That's fantastic and fabulous at the same time. Hey, can we just put our hands together for Framingham Campus over there? We love you. We see you right now. So good to see you. We also celebrate all our online members or rather our online attenders right now. If you're watching by way of video or TV or computer or phone, we welcome you to Connect Church where God lives. Amen. 
Hallelujah. Well, one more time, somebody shout seven. seven. I got my balls here. Jose, please help me out. Help me celebrate my body here. I've got some footballs here that I'm going to use as illustration. So there were seven things in the tabernacle. I'm going to give you those seven things right now. Please write these things down. And then we're going to take these points one at a time. Amen. One at a time. Where are my iPhone people in the building? My iPhone people in the building? Yeah. Where are my Android people in the building? Keep those hands up. Father, forgive them. <laughs> well, number one, the gate. The gate. The first thing in the tabernacle was the gate. The gate. Number two was the brazen altar. The brazen altar. Number three was the laver. The laver. Number four was the candlestick. Candlestick. It was also known as the menorah. The menorah. Number five was the showbread. The showbread. Showbread. Number six, the altar of incense. The altar of incense. And number seven, the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant. So let's do a, a little quick revision here. What's number one? The gate. The gate. What's number two? The brazen altar. What's number three? What's number four? Or the menorah. <laughs> What's number five? What's number six? And what's number seven? The Ark of the Covenant. So let's break this thing down. Let's just say that this football here is the gate. The gate. One more time, somebody say the gate. What is the gate? I'm so glad you asked. The Bible says in the book of Psalm 100 verse 4. It says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts of praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. And bless his name. So the gate represents thanksgiving and praise. Thanksgiving and praise. And this is what I do when I pray. I did it last night in the hotel room. And I did it this morning. The first thing I do is begin to thank God. God, I thank you for my beautiful wife, Michelle. I've got an incredible, beautiful wife. We have four kids together. My wife is Italian-American. She's feisty. She knows how to break kneecaps. Come on, she's, she's so beautiful. She got that mafia blood inside of her. Amen. She's incredible. She's incredible. I just begin to thank God for my family. Thank God for the church that I have the privilege to pastor. My father is 75 years old preacher of the gospel I begin to thank God for my father's health God thank you for my dad's health now he's he's dealing with some health condition right now but I thank God in advance for his health I don't have to wait for the miracle before I thank God I can begin to thank God right now so God I thank you for the health of my daddy hallelujah so we don't praise God because everything is good we praise God because he is good you don't praise God because you feel like praising God. No, you praise God, then you begin to feel like praising God. 
And when you begin to praise God, something begins to shift in the atmosphere. I'm a practical preacher. I love to do this. Connect. Would you lift up your hands even right now? And let's just begin to thank God audibly in this place. God, we thank you. Come on, thank God for your family. Thank God for your family. Yes, we can clap our hands. Come on, let's thank God in this place. Thank God for your home. Thank God for your company. God, we give you praise. You are good. You are wonderful. God, I give you praise. I can't tell you how many times I wake up in the morning and I feel like I don't even want to get up today. Is that just me? Does this happen to you guys? I feel like I don't want to get up today. and I don't want to face the day. But that's when I get up and I begin to give God praise. Father, I bless you. Today is the Lord the Lord has made. Today is the day the Lord has made. And I will rejoice and be glad in it. Father, I thank you in advance because this is going to be an incredible day devil you're in trouble today i'm gonna win today i'm gonna be victorious today i'm gonna be successful god you're gonna do something amazing with my life today because the first stage into the presence of god is thanksgiving and praise i may not be where i want to be today but i'm so glad i'm not where i used to be so i have a reason to praise the lord one of the things that we do with our kids we have four kids one of the things that we do with them is that we go on one-on-one -on -one dates with them. So when it's Daddy and Josh's day, the thing we love to do is that we go to Dave and Buster's. We love to go to Dave and Buster's. Where are my Dave and Buster's people in the building? Well, we just love to go there. We have so much fun. One day we decided to change up the plan and we went to Legoland instead of Dave and Buster's. I'm not talking about Legoland in Florida. I'm talking about Legoland in Somerville, Massachusetts. When we got there, I paid and we were ready to start playing and having fun. And Joshua said, Daddy, I want you to wait one minute. I got something to show you. I said, Joshua, what do you have? And he took out a card from Dave and Buster's. By the way, I forgot to return my hotel key. So this is going <laughs> to work. He said, Daddy, I knew we were coming to Legoland. So I took my Dave and Buster's money card because I wanted us to use it today. By the way, Daddy, it still has money on it. So we're going to have some fun, Daddy. We're going to have some fun. And I remember thinking, how am I going to break it down to this dude? And I told him, I said, Joshi, what I want you to know is that Legoland money only works at Legoland. Come on, somebody. Six Flags tokens only work at Six Flags. Connect, I came here to just tell you that complaining and murmuring and feeling sorry for yourself does not get you into the presence of God. The only thing that gets you into the presence of God is thanksgiving and praise and worship. Come on, can I get somebody in this room that has a reason to praise God? Can I see a few people who say, if it wasn't for Jesus, I would not be here today. Hallelujah. Come on, can I see a few people at this 1230 service lift up their voices and shout unto God with a voice of triumph because he is that good. Woo. Hallelujah. Let's go to the second one. What's the second one? The brazen water. Let's get a ball. The brazen altar. The brazen altar. So after the priest would go through the gates, they would stop at the brazen altar. This football here is going to represent the brazen altar. They would stop at the brazen altar and the brazen altar was the altar of sacrifice. 
the altar of sacrifice. They would bring a lamb or a goat and they would sacrifice. They would sacrifice that lamb. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 12 verse 24, it says to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. Some of you know the story. Cain killed his brother Abel. And the blood, the blood of Abel began to cry out and speak on behalf of Abel. Something powerful. Did you know that blood speaks? Blood is an advocate. That's why a good lawyer does a DNA test and brings it to the court of law to exonerate someone. Why? Because blood is evidence. Blood is evidence. But I didn't come here to talk about the blood of Abel. I came here to talk about the blood of he who is greater than everything else. The king of kings and the lord of lords. He's been given a name high above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. I came here to tell you connect that the blood of Jesus speaks on your behalf. I came here to tell you that the blood of Jesus fights for you. The blood of Jesus fights for your families. So this second stage here of prayer is where you plead the blood of Jesus over everything that's important to you. So this is what I do every day. Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus over by Michelle. And I declare that every car, every path, every road, wherever she's going to go today, the blood of Jesus will protect her. I declare that every bus, every train, every airplane, everything she's going to be on is protected by the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood over my Zenzo. I plead the blood over my Joshua, over my Sarah, over my Naya. I declare no bully will touch them in school today in the name of Jesus. When the bullies go around, my children will be exempt today in the name of Jesus. I declare that nobody will die in this family in 2020. I declare there'll be no sickness, calamity, disaster in my family because of the precious blood of Jesus. Come on, it's time for the church to go back to the pleading of the blood of Jesus. The pleading of the blood of Jesus. All oh, the blood, the blood of Jesus. It washes us white as snow. It reaches to the highest mountain, goes down to the lowest valley. The blood, the blood, the blood of Jesus. Uh, speaks, it protects us. It protects us, the blood of Jesus. Come on, right here, right now, as Humberto lifts up the music, just begin to plead the blood of Jesus over everything that's important to you. Come on, you can plead the blood of Jesus over your business as well. You can plead the blood of Jesus over your mother. Come on, you can plead the blood of Jesus over everything that belongs to you. Hallelujah. Connect, the Bible says in Exodus chapter 12, verse 13, it says, when I see the blood, I will pass over. The children of Israel were in Egypt and there was an angel of death who was coming and they pleaded the blood on their doorposts and that angel of death had to pass over. Come on, we're living in a generation right now, we're in a time where everybody is filled with fear over the coronavirus. Can I just tell you, go home and plead the blood of Jesus over your house, over your children, and that coronavirus has to pass over in the name of Jesus. Come on, I declare the power of the blood of Jesus. Hey, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, every day, I plead the blood over the leadership of our church. I plead the blood of our church. 
Because if the enemy touches them, he's touching the ministry. So every day we protect them. We begin to plead the blood of Jesus. We begin to declare the blood of Jesus because the blood of Jesus speaks of better things than the blood of Abel in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. Well, let's go to number three. What's number three? What's number three? The laver. The laver. Now, the laver was a basin. The basin with water in it. And the basin was made out of glass. So after the priests would sacrifice and they had blood in their hands, blood on their hands, they would stop at the laver and they would wash. And they would look at themselves in the mirror and they would wash again. So the third level in prayer is what we call self-reflection. Somebody say self-reflection. Self-reflection. This is where I stop every day and I pray the prayer, the prayer of the psalmist, 139, Psalm 139, verse 23 to 24. It says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So I stop and I say, God, search my heart. Search my heart. What, what's, what's going on with me? That there's something wrong with me. I, I need help me help me to understand what I need to do I'll never forget in the beginning of our marriage my wife and I used to have World War 13 every day <laughs> somebody will get that when they're leaving today we used to fight now I've got African jungle blood and she's got that Italian mafia blood Africa and Italiano was fighting every single day and she would be chasing me down the streets with pots and pans and I'd be running and saying, I'm a, I got this African spear and I'm going to get you. And I used to say, God, she's the problem. This marriage is struggling because she's the problem. And one day in the presence of God, as I was praying this prayer, searched my heart, God said, Zenzo, you're the problem. The devil is a liar. The devil and his mother is a liar. The devil and his mother is a liar. That's what we say in Africa. I said, God, that's not my, it's not my fault. It's her. You got to get her. And God said, Zenzo, you are the problem in this marriage. And I'll never forget, forget when I Begin, begun to pray and just say, Father, I repent. And I went to my wife and I say, honey, I'm sorry, I've been wrong. She was like, keep going, keep going. <laughs> I said, I've not treated you well. I've, I've, I thought you were the problem, but I'm the problem. That's the day our marriage was healed. Why? Because I began to pray, search my heart, oh God. Come on, let's practice that even right now. Lift up your hands. Father, search our hearts. Speak to us. Speak to us. What am I supposed to change in my life? What is the thing I'm supposed to tweak in my life? Change my heart. Speak to us, God. If there's anything offensive in us, speak to us, we pray. In Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. This is the level of repentance. You see, we live in this generation where we post so much on social media, but the truth is we're hiding something we're going through. 
we live in a generation of professional prof, of, of professional suppressors and the problem is that suppression creates depression and it's so freeing when you can just say God search me what's what's in me that I need to change and I surrender it to you let's go to number four number four what's number four the candlestick the candlestick so the priest would go into the inner courts and there was a candlestick there and it had seven candles and they would crush fresh olives fresh olives and they would produce pure oil and they would use that to light up the candles now the fresh oil represents the leading and the power of the Holy Spirit and the number seven represents perfection the Bible says it's not by power nor by might, but it's by the Spirit of God. I want to remind you that it's not our intelligence that, that, that's going to help us to get the job done. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit is what perfects us. Many times people ask us, what's the secret to church growth? We just ask the Holy Spirit to fill us. I want to remind you that even though you receive the Holy Spirit when, we, when you were saved, that we all leak. And so we have to stop and ask the Holy Spirit to fill us again. Fill me to the brim. Fill me again. Come on, let's do it even right now. Let's practice. Father, fill us. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Oh God, we need you. We need the leading of the Holy Spirit. We need direction of the Holy Spirit. Fill us again, we pray. Fill us today, we pray in Jesus' name. Come on, I declare over you right now, that you're going to begin to see results that no man can do but the power of God alone in the name of Jesus. I declare that you're going to see miracles in your career in the name of Jesus as the Holy Spirit begins to teach you. The Bible says in the book of John chapter 14 verse 28, it said the comforter, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and remind you the things that I've said to you. Come on, the Holy Spirit has the power to teach you to provide solutions in your company. The Holy Spirit can teach you stuff that, that no Harvard professor can teach you. The Holy Spirit can teach you everything. And I declare that the people of this church are going to become providers of solutions because of the power and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. When you have a child and you don't know what to do with them, and you're going through a situation and an issue, the Holy Spirit will lead you on how to fix those situations in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. What's the next one? What's the fifth one? The showbread. You guys are excellent students. So there was a table in the tabernacle, and the table had 12 loaves of bread. 12 loaves of bread. Now, bread represents fresh revelation. Somebody say fresh revelation. Represents fresh revelation. Now, the number 12 represents establishment. When God wanted to establish a new nation, he used the 12 sons of Jacob, which became the 12 tribes of Israel. When God wanted to release a new generation of grace, a new dispensation of grace, Jesus came on the earth and he established grace, the dispensation of grace on the foundation of 12 apostles, 
12 disciples, when God wanted to release the power of the Holy Spirit, according to Acts chapter 2, the dispensation of the Holy Spirit, there were 120 people in the upper room. 12 is a number of establishment. Can I just remind you that it's the revelation of the word of God that establishes you. There are two words in Greek that represent the word word. And those words are logos and rhema. Logos and rhema. So this is how it happens. This is how you get a revelation. You have to start to read the Bible, the logos, the word of God. And then as you're reading the word of God, something will jump off the pages. Uh, Oprah Winfrey calls it an aha moment. You have this aha moment. Wow, all of a sudden you're reading and something jumps off that you've never seen before. I'll never forget, I was in Africa. I grew up in the third poorest country in the world. And I was there in the midst of poverty and I was reading the Bible. And I read somewhere where it says that I'm the seed of Abraham seed of Abraham all of a sudden a revelation hit me if I am the seed of Abraham and Abraham was wealthy therefore I have to be rich and prosperous and I cannot have poverty and all of a sudden that revelation hit me like a ton of bricks and I started shouting and screaming I can never be poor another day in my life and God began to give me songs and those songs have provided for my family, fed my family to this day. Why? Because of the power of revelation. Come on, lift up your hands. Let me declare over you. I declare, Father, that as they read the word of God, you will give them revelation. You will teach them things that no man can teach them in the name of Jesus. And they will be established. Somebody shout amen and amen. What's number six? What's number six? The altar of incense altar of incense the bible says in the book of psalm 141 verse 2 it says may my prayer be set before you like incense may the lifting up of my hands be like the evening sacrifice so this is where you begin to pray for your unchurched loved ones this is the stage of intercession this is when you begin to pray for others because of time let's go to the seventh one here What's number seven? Number seven is the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant represents meditating on the Word of God. Meditating on the Word of God. This is the most powerful time in prayer where you're not doing anything or saying anything. This is the place where the priest would just stop and they just received. You see, we live in a generation that knows how to worry and the truth is, if you know how to worry, that's proof that you know how to meditate on the Word of God. It's the same muscle. It's the same thing. If you know how to worry, you can meditate on the Word of God. I'll never forget when my father said to me one time, he said, Zenzo, I don't think that people in our family can pastor successful and growing churches. That's what he said to me. And I'll never forget, I started worrying and fear came into me. And one day I was reading the word and I started to meditate on the word of God. And God told me that Zenzo, I'm going to use you to build a great church. And right there, God told me, from now on, I'm going to call you mega church pastor. Please don't call me that. But God told me that. And it's funny, I started meditating on this mega church pastor, mega church pastor, mega church pastor. I'd wake up in the morning and speak to the mirror and say, good morning, mega church pastor. 
Oh, come on. Today the church has over a thousand people on a weekend because the power of the word of God. Come on. Somebody help me celebrate the Lord in this place. You have to meditate. Why? Because as a man thinks, so is he. You become the sum total of your thoughts. So worrying is meditating on the promises of the enemy to succeed over the promises of God in your life. Meditating on the word of God is thinking about the promises of God being successful in your life in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. Well, connect. Please stand if you can. Please stand if you can. And here's where I want to end with the two minutes that I have. I want to just remind you that every stage, every stage in the tabernacle was Jesus himself. Somebody shout Jesus. Come on. Jesus is the door. He's the gate. He says, if you knock, the door will be open unto you. So I want to just remind you that the door, the gate is Jesus himself. Come on, I'm about to get excited with my African self in this place because I just love Jesus so much. When you come to the brazen altar, the brazen altar is Jesus himself. The Bible says, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Now when you go to the laver, this is Jesus himself. He says, though your sins are red as scarlet, I will wash you white as snow. The laver is Jesus himself. When you go to the candlestick, come on somebody, it's Jesus himself. He says, I am the light of the world. When you go to the showbread, it's Jesus himself. He says, I am the bread of life. When you go to the altar of incense, it's Jesus himself because he's seated in heaven and he's interceding for you 24-7. You cannot fail. And then when you go into the most holy place, this is Jesus himself because Jesus is the promise, the inheritance that's given to us. Your future is bright because you have a promise. Come on, let me hear somebody celebrate their future in this place in the name of Jesus. Now, this is truly the secret to life. Because if you get up every morning and begin to give God praise, plead the blood of Jesus over everything that's important to you. And then begin to say, God, search my heart. Search my heart. And then you begin to ask for, ask for the leading and the power of the Holy Spirit. Ask for revelation to be established. Pray for your loved one. And meditate on the promises of God. If you look at this tabernacle with the bird's eye, you will notice that this is the cross. This is the cross. So can you see them, the children of Israel in the wilderness? They're carrying the tabernacle and the cross is walking wherever they went it was the cross of Jesus if you do the seven things daily when you show up at your office tomorrow the, the cross of Jesus just showed up in that company uh, the power of God just showed up in that company and I promise you nothing can touch you all kinds of accidents and things that are happening in this world God will always protect you and your children this is powerful. I look at Devon. And then I think about your grandpapa, Ernie. Your grandpapa that went to be with the Lord. And then I think about Zion, my dude. These are the principles that have established this family. Somebody shout hallelujah. Every eye closed, every head bowed down. You cannot leave a place like this without saying yes to Jesus. This is why this church exists. We're living in a generation where we need Jesus. Tomorrow is not promised. I want everybody to leave this place knowing 
that you have the assurance of salvation in you. You know where you're going. I'm going to shout one, two, three. If that's you, you need to give your life to Jesus. When I shout three, I want you to throw your hand right here in this building, right out there in Framingham, even online. There's a button that you can click under your, your screen. If that's you, you need Jesus. I want you to lift up your hand as soon as I shout three. And I'll be so happy to lead you to salvation today. Here we go. Here we go. One, two, three. Hands, 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 hands. Wow, 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 wow. You can lift up your hands out there in Framingham as well. Hands, hands. Wow, wow. Thank you, Jesus. And you can click on that screen as well. And for those of you with your hands lifted down, you can drop down your hands. I'm going to lead you in this prayer. I want you to repeat after me and you will be saved today. Somebody said, Lord Jesus, I give you my life. I surrender to you. I confess with my mouth. And I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ, you're the Lord and Savior of my life. Come on, somebody lose your mind celebrating this place. Come on, let's clap and give Jesus some praise.